Charlie, who let you into this podcast? Uh, you did. Well, this is a different site. Yeah. This is a little different. Blake's at the hospital right now. He's having yep. his third kid. Well, he's not having it, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. So yeah. uh, we settled for Charlie. No, I'm just kidding. We're doing a podcast with Charlie today. So we're yeah. going to talk about, um, I mean, we're the content creators here. So I, I feel like it's fitting for us to talk about some gear stuff and some workflow yeah. stuff and just like, um, not like what Blake and I talk about. Change it up a little bit. So I think yeah. I'm excited for this. So. Yeah, I'm excited too. Let's just, uh, what should we start with? I don't even know. Um, we should start getting better mics. Jeez, hold on. All right, there we go. <laughs> we should kind of start like where we, how how we started our video stuff from like when we were younger and kind of where we're at now. Okay. I started when I was fifteen. Yep. Did you start when you were fifteen? I started when I was fifteen too. It's gonna be a competition. Let's yeah, this, this is gonna be a big competition. Yeah. The whole time. All right. So, you wanna go first? Or want me to go first? Uh, you can go first. All right. Started when I was 15. Actually, I started when I was 14 and a half with photography. Mm-hmm. The only reason I know it was 14 and a half is because I was getting my driver's permit at the time. Because my oh. dad had to drive me to my first shoot. Which is a fun fact. Um, I think, yeah. That's... Then video, I didn't start video until January of 2018. Started video, did my first video for a company. They loved it. I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Like, I had no idea what I was doing, but yeah. I just did it. And then I worked with them for like six-ish months as like a media intern pretty much i was just like um a bitch for a startup company yeah so i did everything they didn't want to do which was totally fine i was getting my hands dirty and i was loving it and then after that after i stopped being their intern after like six months i sent out like a bunch of dms um the vp of marketing at that company was like you need to start doing this and i was like all right You're like- sent out a bunch of dms got some responses and it kind of just snowballed from there gotcha. one after the other and five years later we're right here Wow. Five years next month. That is crazy. That is crazy. Look at how far you've come. I know. Same as you, Charlie. I know. Where'd you come from? Well, um, I started making YouTube videos in Oregon. I'll preface. I made YouTube videos all through middle school. Yeah. That was the same with me, too. Continue. Um, You know, there's a lot of people that would make fun of me for making the YouTube videos. Same. But little... Did I know it would have turned into a career? So you know what I say to them is fuck them. But um, yeah, so Probably I started not holding back today. Yeah, I'm not holding back today. I've been waiting for this moment. Um, <laughs> I started making videos when I was 15. I got my third third. That's a new Ferd. word. That's a new word. I'm first time on podcast, guys. Um, a little bit nervous. I'm a little nervous. I'm just kidding. Uh, I got my first client in real estate. Actually, I how I started. Yeah. So how I started was I made a list in like a Google sheets of people's names and their phone numbers. And then I'd go to Zillow and basically go through all the available listings on there and then go to the listing agent and somehow find their phone number online through either the brokerage website or like, I just found it somehow. You You were hungry. hungry. I was, I was hungry. (laughs) And then I, um, basically just had a goal of calling, you know, 25 agents a day. You did cold calls. I did cold calls. That's one thing I always avoided. Uh, yeah. And I, I made it work. I, I somehow made the cold calls work. Like I obviously didn't love cold calls, but yeah. it was like whatever I could do to what worked for me. So mm-hmm. I got my first listing video probably like a month after I made my first cold call. And um, I shot it on like a what was it like a Sony a 6,000? Okay. I think I still have the, it's video. not a bad camera. Though. It's not a bad camera. It's just not like a, you know, it's you're not, not, it's charging, not anything you're not we're used to today. Five grand. With no, that camera no, right exactly. And so I think my f- very first video was like 
two hundred and fifty dollars. Really? And so yeah, it was a listening. Charlie came video. out the gate hot. My first video was seventy five bucks. I thought really? I was be rich. Yeah. So I did that video. I remember thinking it was the coolest thing, getting paid for like what I love to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did that, and then I kind of kept doing the same thing, calling more agents. Um, grew from there, and then I got connected with a social media agency. Started working with um, her and grew from here and then connected with the right people. And now I'm at QuickBytes. So now we're at QuickBytes. Yeah. We're at QuickBytes now, but it's been a fun journey. So. Yeah. Also, um, fun fact when I met with Charlie, I did not want to meet. Like I kept pushing it off just because I just didn't have time. And yeah. I was like, I don't want to. And then I was like, I was like, in my head, I was like, no, like you need to. Like I've always, things that I've always wanted to push off have always, have always turned into something. Yeah. And so I was like, I just need to do it. And lo and behold, it was worth every penny. We're here today. Um, Very grateful for that meeting. So you started in real estate. I started in food. Then I realized, okay, I'm not going to be able to make money in the food industry. Yeah. Because there's no budget. That's kind of that's kind of how, I mean. You flipped. I flipped. So and I, then I went to real estate. Yeah. So I started in um, real estate and then kind of did more food videos toward the end. But I didn't get paid for any so of So Charlie went like this. And then uh, like yeah, this. <laughs> exactly. So, and then that's why I'm here today. Um, but... Yeah. I did my first real estate video in January of 2020. Perfect timing for COVID. Um, whenever, you know, when all that crap hit, um, it was kind of nice because I was working with Jesse Taff at the time and we did a bunch of parade homes, but via video. Yeah. So I made like, I think we made like four or five parade home videos. Wow. And so they're really nice houses, right? So yeah. that like really helped me get good quickly because I yeah. needed to be. Um, and so, yeah, and then I did real estate and then kind of every, anything in between, like really random stuff, but real estate was where I hung out. And then now micro content, I like personal brand content, documenting stuff like yeah. that. I feel like one thing I see a lot of videographers like want to really expand out into a ton of different niches and like they have clients from all over the place. I feel like a lot of successful business owners focus on like one one niche and like like with what we do now we're focusing on just micro content like super quick pieces of content and i feel like that's a problem for a lot of videographers they just don't know where to go from there it's like do i focus on one thing or do i have a lot of different types of clients that was one thing i struggled with yeah so it's cool when you can do every niche yeah see more opportunity more client yeah but it's it's so exhausting and like when I started with Blake, just doing his stuff, it was like a relief. Mm-hmm. I'd never had a taste of like just doing one client's work. Yeah, that consistency. And it's it, not even the consistency, but just the fact that like, all right, I can hone in on this client and learn who they are and tell their story perfectly yeah. versus doing these one-off videos for 28 different people yeah, every exactly. other month. So it's just like, it was, it's, I prefer going very narrow with clientele base. Agreed. Um, and it's just, yeah, you create a better product and you're probably going to be more passionate about one client than 10 because it's just, you can't put the energy to all of them. Yeah. No, no, no. 100%. I totally agree with that. Does that I, make sense? Yeah, yeah. No, the reason why I was so intrigued to get away from freelancing was because I wanted more stability in my life and really just focusing on like that one client and sort of like our clientele with quick bites. Like that brought a lot of, um, what is it? Contentment? Like just, I don't know if that's the right word, but fulfillment. Fulfillment. Yeah. Um, to my life. Cause I was like, this is nice. I don't have to focus on a bunch of different things. It's nice to be able to yeah. kind of tone in on that. So, well, there's a happy medium between 
um, there's a happy medium between stability in your career and like stagnancy. I don't even know if that's a correct word to use, but like yeah. you can get a salary and just stay there forever. Yeah. Or you can get a salary and you can build something. Yeah. So like you meet someone, I'll just use Blake and I, for example, you know, um, I'm salaried through Blake, but now it's like I'm building something. Yeah. So I had that opportunity. So there's like the two different things. Cause I agree. Like, you know, I don't know who says it, I think it's Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful, but he's like salaries are what employers give employees like to make kill their dreams or whatever, mm-hmm. which I agree with like a hundred percent. I'd been in that situation before, yeah. but when you meet the right person and like you work it correctly, like it can be very beneficial, although you're still salaried and it's yeah. stable. Yeah. Um, because stability is nice. Um, freelancing is just a headache it is. unless you're super, super well known and like, know and like have it down yeah but then it's like where content's going i think in-house is going to be a lot more popular yeah agreed because the amount of content you have to make yeah like you're not going to do like one shoot a month like it's going to be like like blake and i are shooting like three times a week at least yeah because i'm working together here and yeah you know to expect too it's like yeah so yeah let's talk a little bit about gear yeah you want to go canon versus sony Let's go Canon versus Let's Sony. Let's go Canon versus Sony. I, I'll start with I'm not a very technical guy. I'm not either. Like if you ask me how to like if you ask me something about my camera, I, I there's like things that I'm like I have no idea what you're talking but about. But you know how to use it. I don't know how to use it. Yeah. yeah to an That's extent. what's important. Like Okay, so why like why did you go with Canon? Well the thing is I my very first camera was the A seven two. Um and so I I used that for a lot of like vlogging stuff and that was really when I didn't know how to like really make professional videos at all. And I kind of bounced around a lot growing up, like with what camera I should get next. And so I went from the Sony camera to, um, the black magic six K camera, which was a cinema camera. Not a good idea, by the way, especially if you're doing weddings, or any sort of long format kind of work. If you're doing projects under 10 grand, don't get a Blackmagic. Yes. Don't get an FX6. Agreed. This is going to be an unpopular opinion amongst <clears throat> my boys because um, they all have FX6s. Yeah. And it looks great. And I've just always been the type of guy to be very compact, like run and gun setup. Yep. That's just how I run it. Um, and FX6 is, you know, it's a cinema camera. It's bigger. It's boxier. Looks a lot better. You can do a lot more things with it. Mm-hmm. But the difference there is not worth it for me currently. Yeah. yeah. For what, especially what we're doing moving forward. It just wouldn't make sense for me. Yeah. So I... I you off, but... No, you're good. I, I went from the Black Magic then to the R5. I wanted a bit of a more compact setup, like you said. Like, it's really important... With well, that camera. was Canon's first mirrorless, right? Yeah, and it was really important for um, the body of the camera to fit well in my hands just in terms of when I shoot, I want it to be comfortable. And then battery life was a big thing. The Blackmagic sucked, and I had to buy a bunch of different accessories. <laughs> I did not know the amount of things I had to buy on top of the actual camera body. Well, when we shot the RCN conference with that um, Alex, yeah, he was running the Blackmagic, and he yeah. like had seven batteries and like all this stuff. And then stuff. he had the giant... like yeah gimbal so it was just it it is it's like okay well you can buy this you can buy three things and be good to go and look good yeah or you can buy 
14 things with the, you know with a cinema, cinema camera and it looks a little bit better you know yeah like, especially for what we're displaying it on exactly our phones don't even like a lot of our displays can't like doesn't you can't even it doesn't you know good if you're shooting in 4k yeah if that makes sense so it's yeah. like it's not really worth it well and it was also interesting to go from the r5 to sony as well because i found that i actually like how the sony cameras look in terms of straight out of the camera like when we shoot really? an s-log i i love how what we can do with the colors and like what what blake's content yeah and what blake's content looks like and yeah. it's nice to know sort of how to manage canon colors and sony colors as well um just because if you decide to use different cameras at different times, then that's always a good skill to have. But um, yeah, I went from the R the R five to the Sony A seven four, and now I love it. So yeah, out of camera, Canons have Canons have a little bit better greens and a little bit better oranges. Yeah, I would have orange yellows. Yeah, and then Sony's have way better blues, and their their greens and oranges you can make them look really good. Yeah, straight out of camera, like take some it takes some tweaking yeah. even personally like like with coloring like coloring could you know it's a separate career in the film industry like yeah. there's a colorist you know yeah because it's it's just a, literally a science that's what they, it's like literally they call it yeah color it's science. literally called color science um and so i'm i've been learning hard the last year especially yeah. after starting shooting s-log 3 10 bit i'm mm -hmm. like i'm shooting 10 bit i have the capability to change these colors tremendously i need to learn how to do it properly yeah so Coloring is a, a hard thing, especially especially Premiere. I don't I don't really like Premiere. I know I need, to, I need to switch to Final Cut. I know. So the only, so everyone's gonna be like, you like Final Cuts better? No, Final Cuts is worse. Um, but I do have a plugin, Color Finale Pro, and that th it's like Lightroom for video coloring, and it's just like sliders. Dude, it's I need to so nice. I need to get on that because I'm not a I'm not a wheels or a curves guy. The only thing, just, the only reason we, with our micro content that we do, the only like hiccup that I see is when we, when we color grade it and then we also have to bring it into the other editing software as well to do the captions. Like that's the only thing where it's like, it'd be nice if, um, final cut had that. That's the, as literally the only thing that it doesn't have that I wish it had. Yeah. We need to, we need to talk to final cut about that. And now final cut has a built in. I mean, I think uh, premier already does, but for a while we had to use a plugin for what's it called? Like a tracker. Yeah, you know, for like, you know, like the yep. Beats commercial. Yeah. So like, Final Cut just integrated that like this last year. Yeah. I think I mean Premiere probably already had it, but like that yeah, was yeah. that was the one other thing was like. Yeah, and but now it's just Premiere has also like Photoshop After Effects. Like mm -hmm. After Effects is how they could do that tracking the thing. Sweet. Yeah. That's the only thing. Well, and the only downside with like Final Cut, it's like okay, now I just got to go buy a forty dollar plugin. Yeah. Which is fine. Like I pay for color color finale, but it's like worth every penny. Yeah. Because I don't want to take the time to like get super, super deep into coloring. I wanna it's pretty much like coloring for dummies is what yeah. I call it. Yeah. So it's like I can get the look I want. And I've even I've just learned so much on like what to adjust. If I want this to look like that, I gotta do that, you know. So Yeah. But my camera journey, I went from Canon, Sony, Canon, Sony. Really? So we're we're flip flopped. Yeah. Um, we are. Without a it always started like with Canon. It was always like Canon's lenses are like, well, and Sony's. I mean, lenses are just so expensive. So I was yeah. always running kit lenses. And I never got the look I wanted because I didn't invest in it. In a nicer lens. And yeah. so then I got the A7, the first Sony. And I was like, 
I don't need to invest in anything. Like I remember taking my first picture on the A7 and I was like, wow, like this is crisp. And yeah. Nice. Isn't that a good feeling? Like when you get your camera and you either shoot yes. a photo or take a video and you're like, whoa. And for some reason I switched back to Canon. I don't remember why. And then I switched to the A7 III and I was like, all right, I'm a Sony guy, hardcore Sony guy from now yeah. on. So they're just, I don't know. I love Sony's. I love our, like the setup I run is so simple and it might be like unpopular amongst filmmakers because audio is one thing that I take pride in. Like I like to have it be like good audio. Yeah. Obviously right now, this podcast, we have good audio. Mm-hmm. But when I'm doing micro content, I'm not micing up someone with a lav. Like I'm shooting, I'm using Rode VideoMic Pro. Granted, that's a great shotgun mic. So like it, it does the job it needs to. Yeah. But a lot of filmmakers would go the extra mile to do the lav and stuff, which is cool, but the quality is is still there. Yeah, well, and it's like also people are going to see the video as well. So you, if you put a lav mic on there, it's like it could distract them from... I hate seeing lav mics. Exactly. It could distract the viewer from what actually matters in the video. They're like, oh, their lav mic's in the way or, oh, their lav mic's like a weird well, color. Well, you would think, but the normal person watching it is not even going to notice because like even KTVB, they got their cords hanging out and it's like, Oh, you're literally KTV. That's true. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, but just, I would... From our perspective, yes, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I, I just, I don't know. Efficiency is what we're really focusing on. Yeah. And I've, I've figured out how to be efficient with a quality product. Yeah. Like, so it's... Yeah, a little bit of a sidetrack. Do you ever find yourself, like, watching movies, and then you're like, wow, that's that's a really good camera. Like, like as a filmmaker, you're like, that that camera is sharp and they did really good job on the coloring because I'll be like with my parents you, at my house and I'll be like, that's that's a good camera. That's a good camera right there. I never really focus on camera quality. It's usually like composition, shot variety, okay. stuff like that. Yeah. Because it's like the camera's going to be good if it's a movie, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I was watching, oh, what was it? What's it called? It's a, it's a new war movie on Netflix, something on the Northern Front, Quiet on the Oh, Northern Quiet Front. on the, yeah. I and think I, that's the whole it. time I was like, I was like, God, this camera is so nice. And I was like, I bet it's an Ari. And it was an Ari. Really? And I just, those, it just, it looked so good. Cause like I said, normally I don't really, I'm not like, oh, that's a nice camera. Like, obviously it's a nice camera. Yeah. Usually I focus on editing and like sequencing and stuff like that. But this yeah. one, I was like, what is this camera? Yeah. And yeah, the coloring is just crazy. Like, when yeah. you look, when you look at like movie coloring, like, they're like, people are like, why does, a movie look different than say this footage because like the coloring is like so in depth and there's like so many layers to it. Yeah. It's crazy what it can do. Yeah. So yeah. What's our next topic? I need to hire a colorist one day. We do. We really do need a colorist. That's I just, like, I'm, I'm still like learning way down the road. But yeah. For I'm, sure. I'm, I'm still learning how to do Sony colors, but we'll get there. Eventually. We're good. We're good for the time being with the color finale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I am. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> right. Like, yeah. I know a ton of people that use final cut. I know people that I know, I mean, not personally, but I know a guy that edited a Netflix documentary on final cut pro. Like seriously, it's versatile just yeah. as much. As I mean, Premier. there's a, there's a lot of people that also edit Netflix documentaries with Adobe premiere, but Oh, I'm aware. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's going to Da Vinci, though. I don't know if I'm going to hop on that Probably because colors. Yeah, which I'm like... Their colors are... Your, yeah, their ability to adjust... Like, I'm, a, like I know my coloring's not the best. Probably not going to get, like... But it does the job, and it's like... Yeah. A lot of a lot of filmmakers I'm really want to be perfect. It. Yeah. And it's okay to be picky in some aspects of your life, but, you know, in terms of efficiency, sometimes you got to just push through it. 
Yeah, like I, I post a lot of videos that I'm unhappy with. Like color, yeah. just color wise. The video's well, great. You know what's funny too is when, when you see a video you posted a really long time ago and you're like, I would have done this so much oh. differently now. Like I see some of my old real estate listing videos and I'm like, Why did I put in like so much blue and orange and like I didn't even use a wide angle lens? Like it's just crazy. I honestly had great LUTs when I started real estate. So I was covered there. Really? Granted, I probably could have adjusted it and made it look better. Yeah. The thing I struggled with in the beginning was like, all right, figuring out wider lens. I shot my first video on like 24 millimeters. You did? Length. I, I think like, I did too. Made it work, whatever, but like it could <laughs> have like, been like, I've never better. done it to this, to this day. Yeah. And then I, after two years, it took me two years to get like a steady hand with yeah. my gimbal. Like now people are like, oh, you don't shoot real estate in 60 frames. And I'm like, I'm like, no. I shoot in 30 frames, you know, um, down it to 24 and post. And then I can still slow it down a little bit, but my shots are smooth enough to where it's like, I just throw a little bit of stabilization, slow it down and it looks smooth. Interesting. Do you shoot in 60? Uh, well, I used to when I had my R5. Well, this but, crops at 60 yeah. 4K, so obviously I'm not going to shoot that. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't shoot anything in 60. It's either like, 30 or 120. Well, this isn't 24, but it's a podcast. So. I feel like, especially with our micro content, there's no need for 60. Like, no. no. Well, well, micro content, I'm not slowing anything down. Well, it's and it's like, talking. what other. Quick Bites doesn't do any other work. Like, we don't do any other kind of content. So it's like, I'm unless we be, have one off projects. I'm like, not going to be filming like a skater. Exactly. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll use 120. And this these do great 120 and 1080. 1080, 120. 1080. I don't know if it's 10 bit. I don't know. It's either ten. I think it's ten bit, not four K. Yeah. Um, see, like I don't even know. <laughs> we just use the cameras and you know. But um, yeah, I don't. I shoot everything in thirty. Yeah. That's also an unpopular thing amongst filmmakers, I think. Yeah. Um, but when I'm editing in twenty four, doesn't matter. Yeah. Because it looks twenty four. So. Gotcha. Well. What are uh? You want to talk let's, about something? Let's talk about Andrew Tate real quick. <laughs> this guy. You knew this was coming, Riley. What are we, okay. coming. I want to talk about this because okay. he's... What's what's the like? What's our goal here? What are we talking about about him? Uh, well, I just want to talk... Like, what's your what's your point of view on him? What do you think of him and how he's impacted the internet today? Um, I'll say the one thing that I've noticed with everything he's done is... My takeaway is... There's no such thing as bad publicity. Mm -hmm. Like, technically, yes. There's like, he probably has more haters than likers. Yeah. But it's like, he's been able to do, he accomplished what he wanted to accomplish. Yeah. And, you know, but it's like, it it came at a cost. Yeah. Which is, a lot yeah. of people dislike him. Uh -huh. Which, granted, <clears throat> when you come out and say unpopular opinions, like, people are going to speak up and be like, yeah. Voice there. Controversial topic, so it's like, yeah. you know, personally, I see content like that and I'm like, yeah, I don't agree with it. Swipe. Yeah. I'm not like, <sighs> yeah. like I, but, I don't know. But again, it's engagement. Like it's, it's both, helping both. the video. Like, like, like actually all of the TikToks that have done well in my life have all had, like, they're all hate comments. Yeah. But it's because like, <laughs> I don't know. I just don't even care. I don't care. Well, the funny thing is like, I'll, I'll literally go to my TikTok right now. Let's refresh it and I'll go through. Let's go to 10 TikToks, okay? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, wait, I'm on Blake's. While you're doing that, one sec. I had a TikTok get half a million views and it had like, I 
think like a, I think like a hundred comments, not yeah. one positive comment. And it was awesome because I was like, thank you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't, I don't even care. Like at first I was a little bit thrown off by them and I was like, yeah. oh, I want to cry. Yeah. Now I'm just like, yeah. Well, I mean, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say like, usually I'll go through my TikTok and I'll be like 10 TikToks on my for you page. And he's like, already oh, Andrew. on it. Yeah, yeah. Like I've done that before. And it's let's see what so mine's, times. <clears throat> if I mine's just like two. random stuff now, like snowboarding, gym, basketball content. That's my extra account. Let me go. Yeah. yeah. I actually don't have much of Andrew on my TikTok. My, I, I you, there used to be a lot for me, but Twitter, obviously. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. like also like, yeah, I, Band. I'll I'll kind of talk about my my point of view on him. Yeah, why do you want to talk about him? Well, I just think, like, I'm gonna get a lot of hate on this, but I think he's what he's to each their own. Yeah, what the content that he's pushing out and what he is saying in terms of like how men should treat women, I think is is like very cool to me because he's like. Basically, you're supposed to, you know, respect women and saying, like, telling everyone to say please and thank you and all this stuff. And I see those videos, like, when he was on his yacht, he's, like, literally telling everyone, like, please respect all the workers. They're very hardworking. And for someone who makes that much money, that's very cool for them to say that and, like, just be super polite and respectful. I, I love that aspect of him. I think he gets a lot of hate and, um, you know, he'll he'll tell, like, people that deal with depression or something like go to the gym like it's just a thing you're thinking about like yeah you can find ways to combat that and i think people's rebuttal to that is like you know they'll take every negative thing he said about a woman like out of context or in context even. yeah but it's like his goal was to get as much attention as possible yeah in order to do that you got to say outlandish things yeah so there's you can you there's probably two videos it's like all right He's respecting women and he's disrespecting women. Yeah. You know, so it's like, that's true. But it's like, you know, which one's for the attention grab and which one's the the genuine. Well, exactly. And then you then you try and think about how the internet's trying to twist that as well. Like, what have they been able to... <clears throat> well, also, it's like all these people that get so upset about it and like, you know, hate it. And They're like, whatever. I hate Andrew Tate. Yeah, it's like, okay, why are you talking about him then? Yeah. Just, why are you bringing it even up? Even if it comes up in conversation, like... If there's something that comes up in a conversation that I don't like or I don't want to talk about, I don't chime in. Like I just I wait till it's done yeah. and then continue. Yeah. And then if it's like, you know, if it's one on one conversation, I just, you know, smile just and like, wave. Cool. You know, yeah. like it's just You're like you people you do talk your thing. for as many people hate for as much shit that people hate, they sure talk a hell of a lot about it. Yeah. Like if you think about it. Yeah. So it's kind of a, a funny thing like i just a big thing for me is like not wasting energy on things that literally don't have yeah they don't matter at all yeah exactly i mean really yeah so but yeah he's done really well grabbing attention agreed Uh, i got his twitter back and he had like a million followers in 24 hours seriously he's not even verified though well that's because it cost eight bucks riley (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know what what that's about he might be now but i remember i was like i'm sure i'm sure he is but um yeah, so yeah. is that the pod? I think that's the Charlie's pod. Charlie's first and last My pod. Fir- no, I'm just kidding. Wow. Last pod. <laughs> Charlie's uh first appearance on the podcast and hopefully Blake's uh doing okay. Yeah. You know, he just gave birth. Yeah, he just <laughs> gave birth, so he's having a bit of a rough day. But yeah, we'll be 
Blake will be back in that chair and we'll be talking about more stuff. Charlie will be making more appearances, of course. Yeah. We got, you know, team of three here for the pod now. Yes, sir. Then we'll do a trio episode and everyone, that you, would be Blake, fun. and I are in the pod. That would be fun. We, we got to get a... do that in the other... Yeah. We other also got to get a, another guest here pretty soon. Yeah, we do. So, there right. we go. Well, thanks for listening. Quick Bites out.